for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, welcome back to Cake for Breakfast. All right, so a little update on the biz here first before we get into the show. I just finalized my new contract with the sponsor BetterHelp. Whoop, whoop, super excited. As I told you guys the other week, it's just really, really awesome. Anyway, um, so the layout for the rest of the year goes as such. Four episodes left until season two starts, and season two is going to premiere on Thursday, September 9th, 2021. So basically the show is going to be off the air for all of August. I'm gonna use that time to do a lot of the back-end work, get us some killer guests set up for season two, and do some work on the show with other people who work on the show, so that's gonna be my time for that. But we are gonna have two episodes in July, July 15th and then July 22nd, both Thursdays, and then we're back at it in September. Don't worry though, I'll keep my Insta rolling with daily hot topics to keep you guys in the loop on what you need to know. So if you don't already, follow me on Instagram at girlonthestreet underscore. Oh, and apologies last week for the late drop. First time this whole year that's happened to me, but we were waiting on audio from the guest. When you record with guests, you have to do like all these fancy audio things. We didn't get it, so I had to push forward with the audio. I know it was a little bit choppy on the guest interview on Alexis's interview, but we did the best we could, and apologies for making you guys wait till I think we ended up dropping it like midnight Thursday night, so that's what happened there. All right, now this Thursday, we have the CMO of The Knot coming on. CMO, of course, is a chief marketing officer, but look, I haven't been married yet, so I don't have a whole lot to say about the process and, you know, everything you have to do with the registry, the guests, and all that, but... The, so I'm not the target audience, but that speaks to how sophisticated this company's marketing is because I've known about The Knot for like 10 years. Like It's like, how can you not know about it? It's well, funny, but not funny. I've definitely had a few friends that have met a guy on a dating app and then you Google him and guess what, guys? The Knot is basically like social media for wedding parties. So you like go on, there's a page tells the story about the bride and the groom and all the how they know everybody, where the wedding's taking place, the registry. So anyway, that's a funny story, I thought. It's basically like a one-stop shop for everything, but this woman's a genius. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm not married and know about it. Um, their brand is everywhere. They've got millions and millions of followers on Instagram. They've got like a magazine. Remember when the guy from Mean Girls, Aaron Samuels, got married and he was on the cover of, he, he's engaged to that to his partner, I don't know who the guy is, but the two of them were on the cover of The Knot. All right, let's get into the show. All right, first off, I think we've got to talk about Victoria's Secret. So last Wednesday, Victoria's Secret announced a huge pivot to their brand. Um, according to the New York Post, the lingerie giant said Monday it will be renamed Victoria's Secret and Company. Okay, that's not that huge of a pivot on the name, but it's going to split from L Brands in August and become an independent publicly traded company. I don't know too much about this split. L Brands is sort of one of those like LVMH. They're, they're, they're a company that owns a ton of companies. I think they own Bed Bath & Beyond as their other big player. So they've got a bunch of these like really big kind of American brands in their portfolio. Interesting, they are splitting from them. So the change of them splitting off, you know, it comes 
After a lot has been said about Victoria's Secret over the, this past year, there's been a lot of people like time to move on. This is business is not aging well. Like there's a lot of commentary surrounding it. And uh, they just unveiled last week a new marketing campaign. This is Victoria's Secret and Collection. The collection is going to be called VS Collective. And it's going to feature seven women, including soccer star Megan Rapino. 17-year-old American skier Eileen Gu and tech investor and actress Priyanka Chopra. Tech investor Priyanka? Okay. Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Here's what's kind of sad. All the traditional angels are going to be phased out. So I have a lot to say here. I'm going to save it for my cake. Let me just get through some of the, the content. So Victoria's Secret fashion show, which is I think how the majority of us know about Victoria's Secret, The show lasted from 1995 to 2018. It was broadcast in more than 100 countries, seen by millions around the world, and helped drive almost $7 billion in annual sales. That's just from hosting that fashion show. So when you look at those bras and you're like, $12 million, they always have that one super fancy bra. It sounds like it's... I don't know who actually ends up even buying those, but it sounds like these shows pay for themselves many times over. Also, rumor has it, Victoria's Secret paid really, really well. When Giselle Budgeton left the company in 2006, she was the highest paid model in the world, and she told Refinery29 that Victoria's Secret was 80% of her income. So let me give you guys a little history of the Victoria's Secret fashion show as the, the show we once knew and loved. The first Victoria's Secret show debuted in 1995 at the iconic Plaza Hotel in New York City. Stephanie Seymour was the model of the moment and really showcased that event. I believe she is the model who tragically lost one of her sons. She married this like bazillionaire and they had two boys and I believe one of them unfortunately took his life this year. I'm 99% sure that's the right model. All right, then 1998, it turned into more of a show. This was the Tyra Banks moment of it all. She was the first angel to actually wear those big wings that they all got. Then in 2000 came Miss Giselle Budgeon, who wore the most expensive bra to date in the show. It was a $15 million, I think it was diamonds and all these fancy things, uh, bra. The other girls who were given the honor were Candace Swinepool and Heidi Klum. I believe theirs were like 12 and $10 million, but it's that like kind of finale piece, the big fancy bra. I never got too excited about that. That was, I remember the press leading up to the show. It was always like, oh, which girl's going to get to don the, the famous bra? But anyways, so around 2007 is when it really started to become a huge show. They had the Spice Girls perform. This was really my time too when I was kind of into it with my friends. They had Seal, remember he was married to Heidi Klum, like Justin Bieber, The Weeknd. Remember when The Weeknd, he was dating Bella, or he was, I think, dating Selena, who maybe also was performing that night, I can't remember, and Bella and him passed each other on stage, and like, it was just such, such a moment. Uh, Taylor Swift has been there, she got in a tiff with somebody. Somebody, one of the models were like, why is she here? Because I think Taylor Swift straddles that line of like, oh, look at me, I'm a model, I'm a professional singer and I think she kind of she rolls with that model crew you know so I think she kind of wants to be part of them but anyways one of them slapped her away they're like no she's not a model (laughs) Maroon 5 who dated Ann V that woman I called out for taking all the stimulus money when she lives in like that three million dollar West Village apartment just so so trashy anyways everybody was there you name the performer during that time they were playing at this show 
Oh, this is one crazy note I found. Adriana Lima, remember her, like one of the most gorgeous women in the world. And she was also one of my favorite angels. She walked the catwalk two months after giving birth. And then Heidi Klum got on stage five weeks after giving birth. Savages. Like, I cannot imagine that. All right, the cake. I am totally a contrarian on this. I know everybody is celebrating the the new rebrand and excited about it. To be honest, I don't even really care about Victoria's Secret. I don't think I've ever really bought their lingerie or their bras and underwear. It's not been my style, but... I grew up loving the show. That was sort of like my moment. My parents would like TiVo it. We would have our friends over for a pizza party. It was just a really fun memory. Everyone got excited, had their favorite angels. It was sort of like when you got too old for the Spice Girls, like you moved into the the angels and then you got to like identify them um, or have like your favorite or whatever. But it, I just have such fun memories from uh, these nights, so I feel a little bit sad about it just completely going away. Look, did I ever look at it and be like, oh, like, seriously, I don't think I said, oh, I want that outfit. Like, they were never selling, like, the underwear or the bras. I feel like Victoria's Secret was selling this celebrity, uh, this kind of like dreamy fun world this performance that's how I always viewed it personally okay so I started digging a bit deeper though because I was thinking like okay that's you know admiring beauty might be a little shallow well guess what what if the NHL announced hey we are we want to be more inclusive to people of different uh shapes and sizes so next year the Toronto Maple Leafs we're gonna have frontline healthcare workers on the team we're gonna have your everyday normal people we're gonna have a businessman on the show we're gonna you know what I mean like could you imagine and a lot of people have this misconception about models that it's oh they just don't eat or oh they're born that way when I was young 20s like 21 22 I had two really good friends in the modeling world and I got to kind of experience the world on the you know the perimeter of their life and these girls are like three times a week working out they do not drink they do not party they you know very strict diet there's no like oh I'm having a tough day let me get a bagel like it's like it to me it was sort of always like being a professional athlete and yes there's a dark side to every business but I sort of looked at the models like I think young guys would look at professional athletes and admire them in that same way so yeah I don't know we'll see what the show looks like when it comes out but I was I was still excited about the fashion shows. I thought they were fun. I love when the celebrities would come. I love the like Kendall Jenner moment when her and Bella and Gigi and and, and let's be honest, there was literally a show called um, Model Squad. It was something like that on E, and it was about like the intensity of trying to make this. Like this is when when you're in the modeling world, and I know this from my friends, there's like one goalpost. It's like get to Victoria's Secret model. It's like when you're a young kid playing hockey, goalpost is like get to the NHL. So it's just fun to watch these these professionals in in their element. It's fun to watch sort of like the made it moment. And on this reality show they did, like they even demonstrated more like how cutthroat and hard it is it is to make it there. All right, so I wrote down my favorite Victoria's Secret models of all time. Rosie Huntington-Whitley, definitely number one. She's got the classic beauty look, um, and I just loved her. She does a lot of beauty-type makeup. Number two, probably Candace Swinepole. She is classic beauty as well. She was more sex-pop beauty, but um, I, like when I think of Victoria's Secret, I think of her. Irena Shank, who was pregnant, who was three months pregnant, sort of, and hit her pregnancy during, I think it was the very last show, 2018, 
with Bradley Cooper's baby, they announced it the next day. And then I loved Hannah Jeter. She was only there for a minute because Derek Jeter just like pulled her off the scene. But she was one of those like came to New York to make it, worked really hard and made it type girls too. So R.E.P. Victoria Fashion Show. Love the models of the moment. And I don't know, I guess we'll see what the future of, of what mo- like what is modeling now going forward. A quick market minute here today. Bitcoin traded down yesterday morning, June 21st, 2021 to a two-week low of $31,000 a coin. Again, that is up from the crazy jump it had around Christmas when it was around 20K a coin, but down from, I believe they got to 62K a coin in March, April. As always, not a registered broker. Do not take investment advice from me. I'm just here to tell you guys the news. All right, so why this dip right now? It's following further crackdowns in China on how Bitcoin is mined. That's the big conversation right now is that mining Bitcoin is going to be very bad for the environment. And I don't feel like anyone of note, like an Elon or whatever, have spoken up loud enough or explained us how I know he says, oh, toxic chemicals for the environment. But like, like, I want to see it, like, show me, show me what that means. So the Bank of China is urging policymakers to crack down on crypto and crypto makers we sort of need China, I think, to be into Bitcoin in order to have the value it's going to retain. So when a government, I think India said no, or they've said no for now, when big governments say no, it definitely affects the price of uh, the coins because if they're not worth any money over there, but money is, it's just, it's a scary thing. So we'll see what happens. All right, some celeb love triangle news. Back to, you guessed it, the A-Rod, J-Lo, Benefer 2.0. The three of them are just like loving this rebirth of the headlines. So A-Rod is now down in the Hamptons. The Hamptons, the one percenter move this last year has felt like, okay, you go out and you're living in this great place in Miami. Now come June, everyone migrates over to the Hamptons. And the Hamptons, I think the Hamptons is probably the sceniest summer spot in in the u.s it's extraordinarily expensive it's very beautiful it's got great towns it's close to new york city easy to get to but you can't like i've said before the hamptons it's not like a you can't like drive a car and go to the beach for the day zero parking around any of the beaches they make it very very hard for the middle class to like get anywhere near them (laughs) All right, so A-Rod was at Biblio K, that bougie spot out there, out east in New York. Everyone says, oh, I'm going out east, going out east. It literally took me like three years of people saying that to me realizing, oh, out east means the Hamptons, so. All right, so let's try and figure out what is happening in this love triangle. So we've got J-Lo, who officially has broken up with A-Rod, flies out to LA, starts looking at schools, apparently is moving there full time, so like takes her kids, now we're in... We're in Miami, which is is deep, deep East Coast. Flies them over to California, gets everyone comfortable. Now J Lo is back out east in the Hamptons. She has a she rents this ten million dollar um ten. She rents this ten million dollar home um, in Water Mill. There's sort of three sections of the Hamptons that people are in, but it's all very small. It's you know it's not like you don't have to drive like an hour to get anywhere, but it goes Southampton. East Hampton Bridge, which is, I feel like, a little lesser, and that's where A-Rod's looking at properties. Watermill 2, they're on the other side, so that's where J-Lo rents this $10 million pad. I can't even imagine that's probably, like, 
I would say 300 grand a month, maybe 400 grand a month, just crazy prices. Um, and that's in Watermill. And A-Rod was out in the Hamptons this past weekend. So A-Rod has rented a home in Bridge. Bridge is the cool way of saying it. Remember on Sex in the City, Harry, he's like, I got a place in Bridge. That's Bridgehampton. So A-Rod is renting this place a mile and a half away from J-Lo's rental. That feels like they want to keep the kids, because again, she just sort of ripped her kids out of Miami, took them with her. Maybe the kids miss A-Rod. Maybe he wants to be close. But also, again, like the Hamptons is sort of the center of wealth, one percenters that like the big lifestyle all sort of conglomerates around there. But here's some good gossip. Do we all remember Foodie Magish who came on the show? Josh Beckerman, Foodie Magish. He was performing. So his big thing, he performs for big, big celebrities. Like goes to, he'll like go to a Jeff Bezos event and do a private show for like 10 people. Josh Beckerman, the foodie magician, he was filming uh, Lindsay Shookus's birthday. Now, why do you know her name? Because she used to date Ben Affleck for a couple years. She was, she's not like super attractive, but she's very, pretty blonde hair, thin, tall girl. But I think she's like, mid 40s maybe has a kid is divorced um but she like is always she's the booker the head booker for saturday night live but she's always surrounded by like really handsome men really powerful people now our guy josh foodie magish takes a video happy birthday lindsay shook us shook us i think is her instagram and uh a-rod is like seen leaning in and they're sitting next to each other the two of them sitting next to each other during a private performance. I don't know, not starting rumors, but that feels pretty intimate to me. Gosh, all this talk about the Hamptons. Like the Hamptons, you guys, if you can ever go, just go. You can get in on timeshares. It's called, uh, oh, I do a share, you do a share, and you go with like a bunch of friends and live in this like $5 million house for the summer, and everyone drinks rose and parties and has such a good time, but. The Hamptons is the dream. Oh, and also, he's trying to move here, apparently. That's why I'm getting worried about Miami. So A-Rod is looking for an He wants an apartment in Tribeca, and he wants a place in the Hamptons. So Miami, what's going on? I guess maybe the action truly is all coming back to New York City. Okay, dig in deep here, guys. This is a little educational, which I hate, but I'm trying to make it sexy, and I'm trying to make it understandable. I want to talk about inflation just for a minute because even like I get confused about this chatter and inflation is a very, very buzzy word right now. It's one of those like, oh, gaslighting. Oh, um, I need space. Like, you know, all these buzzy terms people overuse. Narcissist, you get the picture. Anyway, but you might want to know how does inflation affect me directly? Like, okay, I hear that term, like Wall Street people talking about it, but why does it do anything? Why is it doing anything for me? Basically, inflation means that things are going to cost more money because your money is worth less. So an example could be your special Starbucks coffee was always $5. Now it costs 6 That is inflation. Now, there's a whole tie-in to like inflation and interest rates and interest rates go up when inflation goes up. But that's just too much, and I just want to focus on inflation, inflation, inflation. All right, Robinhood Snacks. You should subscribe to their email if you like the financial component of my show because they do a great job of sort of like tying finance stuff and pop culture together too. But here they came up with like the exact estimates of how inflation affects 
you, Veronica, you know, like specifically you. So gas, gas prices are up 56% since last May. That is inflation. Cars, maybe consider the bus. Used car prices are up 30% and insurance is up 17%. Side note, renting a car in New York City right now is next to impossible and they're so expensive. I wonder if that's because of inflation. Okay, flights. Just like a weekend in Miami is now looking like a round trip to Europe. Flights are up 24%. Now ride hail, Uber, Lyft, surging prices seem endless no matter what. I don't know if anyone else in New York City, anytime it rains, like I don't even bother. The Ubers go up to like $100 for rain and uh, the cabs always stay the same. So that's why I kind of pick the cab over the, the Uber in a rain. So Uber and Lyft, ride sharing programs, everything's up 11%. Okay, restaurant food, this I do notice because I order takeout a lot, is at 4%. Alcohol is only up a percent, whatever. Maybe people need to be drinking because uh, the inflation is so high. All right, let's stick to the theme today of the controversial episode and my contrarian views. I'm just going to say it. The stimulus money, although necessary to boost the economy, this is one of the reasons why inflation is so high right now. So if you didn't take a dime of stimulus money, I would argue that you are in the right to feel annoyed about this, especially if you've been saving money, you want to buy a house, like you're you're in not a great spot. Unfortunately, you're like coming into not a great time to do all your big life purchases. Sometimes you play by the rules and you get screwed over by them. All right, our cake. Hey Jess, I had a seriously bender of a weekend. I'm 27 and work full-time in commercial. I don't know if that's commercial real estate or commercial. Anyways, I work in commercial. We had Friday off for the new holiday, right? Juneteenth shout out, which is going to be now a permanent holiday, which includes the markets being closed, FYI, guys. So I had a great date on Friday night, but we drank two bottles of wine. Then on Saturday, I met up with my friends for a boozy brunch in the village. Then we went over to public hotels, shout out public hotels, love it there, to enjoy the rooftop and ended up meeting some guys who bought us a bunch of drinks, then took us out to dinner after. Whoa, this is one of those big New York City days. After that, we rolled with them to bottle service, bottles at a new club downtown. I woke up Sunday morning and felt like my whole world was crashing down on me. No message from the guy from Friday. Oh, that sucks. I ordered in food, then started getting the shakes and just huge pits of anxiety all over. Like, did I say crazy things? Do people think I'm a loser? Did I act stupid? You get the picture. You've lived in NYC for a while. Any advice on how to push through the dark, dark Sunday scaries? Well, the obvious, don't drink so much, but I'm not here to tell people what to do. And I totally get this. I've been there. I never do the two days in a row of drinking, though. That's sort of, I think, where if you're in the moment of like going out a lot and that I never I remember going on a bachelorette. It was like a three day thing. And the second day I, I just sat out. I just can't I can't do I can't have drinks two days in a row, even if it's only like two drinks. I just, it, it gets me into this, in this weird zone. The thing I'd be stressing about, the no text, if you liked the guy, that sucks. Again, you only live once, but if he's not reaching out, it's probably for a reason. So if you follow the, the rules you're supposed to, then that one you just sort of have to move through. 
One thing I do like getting is a B12 shot from Alchemy 43. They were like illegal everywhere except for California uh, until pretty recently, I think. But they sort of give you like that boost. I do not like the drips. Every time I've had them, I've had a, a reaction to them when they give you those those vitamin drips. They're so insanely expensive. I think B12 does the same thing. Ordering in food is good. You have to get outside no matter what it takes. Like if you need to put like a face mask on, I don't care. You have to like go for a couple walks around the block. But I'm one of those people who has to call everybody and people are like, okay, Jess, like whatever, grow up, like get over it. I find comfort in like watching shows like Meet the Parents or The Hangover, like anything that just makes me laugh. Something's got to give, anything Nancy Myers. Um, so I like to do that. Another thing I, I, I'm always diligent about, if I'm going out, I make sure my apartment is clean when I leave because coming back, like waking up, if you got like a bit of hangover or whatever, waking up to like a house being a mess, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a loser. Like, how could I live like this? I don't know what it is, just the little things. Um, I take two Advil if I've had drinks before I go to bed. So I sleep, uh, I feel like it mitigates a hangover, but not everyone's the same. And just have a limit on the drinks. The worst thing about the vodka sodas is you can't taste them at some point. It's just so easy to keep drinking them. So I don't know, TV, some bad food. You have to get outside. You cannot stay in the house all day. You just can't. You have to get outside, go to a movie, go for a walk. Uh, Actually, another rule I have, I don't get delivery because if I'm like too lazy to make food, I like insist on going to get it. So like if that's the one thing you can do is like pick up or, or order takeout, then just go and get the walk to pick it up, whatever. That th- Those are my tips. It's rough. Sometimes it takes, wait till you're at 30, it gets even rougher, but slow down on the drinking. I'm sorry about the guy. And yeah, cozy up to some good movies, get outside for a walk and work through it like that. All right, guys, thanks for a great show today. And I look forward to seeing you back here on Thursday. Peace. <laughs>